welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 80, the Jerry Rice episode. Oh my gosh. Hey, you know, I'm a Niners fan. Hey, Niners are doing pretty well this season too. Hey, well, yay for them. So, but there's something, there's another team that's doing even better. Oh yeah. And we got them, we got them on the podcast today. Yeah. It's so exciting. All right. So check this out. So we've had some amazing people on our podcast. We love doing interviews. Uh, And the, the group that we have on today uh, are truly inspirational. They're amazing. Uh, what they do for the reselling community and just the the amount of knowledge they have. I'm so excited to have them on. They have so much to share. Uh, it's going to be great. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Christian Adam, the Latin underscore pickers. What's going on, guys? How's it going? How are you guys? So tell us a little bit about who you are, what got you started reselling, and we'll go from there. So um, we're actually twins. We're both 27 years old. My name is Christian, and this is my brother, Adam. Uh, We've been reselling for around five years now. We started in 2014. Uh, We did eBay and then transitioned to Amazon. Oh, wow. Okay. So before we go into talking about why you transitioned, tell us where you are. Like there's some movement happening back there. Seems like you're at a busy location. So where, where are you right now? So we're actually in our warehouse. Uh, we just moved in around a year and two months. Um, we're in a 2,500 square foot warehouse. And if you guys see in the back, it's filled up with Gaylord's of books. Nice. So we sell books on Amazon and that's the majority of things that we sell. What actually a hundred percent, hundred percent books. Wow. And, and so clearly you've got a warehouse books is working for you. Books is working. Actually, at the beginning, um, my brother told us, hey, let's when we started eBay, uh, he said, hey, Christian, let's start selling books. And obviously, I'm not I don't read. So I said, no one reads. No one likes books. And well, it was proven wrong. Nice. All right. So tell us, sorry, before we get to the book game. So I've been sourcing with you guys and you guys know your stuff. Like I thought you guys were going to be like those Amazon guys that like have no idea they're picking up like, you know, some Walmart brands and going like, I think these are a score or whatever. But you guys knew your stuff. Like Adam sometimes corrected me on things. You corrected me on things. So tell us what got you first with eBay and then take us on that journey. Like what led you to eventually going to books? So from beginning to end, so um, let's say, so we actually graduated high school in 2010, in 2010, and my mom at that time was diagnosed with metastasized uh, liver cancer. Mm. Um, so she was terminally ill. Um, so I started working at a security job, then moved into Barona, uh, did that for four years. So Barona is a um, casino? Yeah, Barona Casino, exactly. Okay. So I did that four years. I. I was a security guard, then went to become a banker and then a slot auditor. Um, sounds professional, but it's, it was not a good job. Um, but uh, at that time, my brother said, hey, I, I want to do something. I can't work. Um, at that time, he was disabled. Um, and so he said, I want to make some income for the family. I want to start doing something. So he was watching uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, I was watching uh, Copper Penny. Oh, he was he he was he wanted to flip copper pennies. That's what copper pennies. I can save them. Oh, save them, save them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually did he, that for a while, so I can relate to you. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> so he was he, he was looking up copper pennies and I wanted to save to don't. save them silver as well, and um, he wanted to make some money. Um, so he started researching, looking up YouTube. Then he said, "Hey, let's uh, start selling on eBay." And I think we did the two easiest things. We started selling ink 
and video games. Nice. Nice. Okay, before we move forward, so Adam, who are you watching? Because this is like long time ago. This yeah. is like what, 2010, 2011, no, 2012? Okay, so there's not there's not that many YouTubers at that time, if I remember. No, there were There was two. There he said he's saying that there was only two YouTubers. Okay, well, yeah. right? Like Redneck Picker was one Red of them. Redneck Picker and Urban Digger. And Urban Digger. Oh man, that's nice. back in the day. Like back yeah. in the day. So did you, Adam, did you find that inspirational and you're like, hey, we can make this happen? Yeah, I was like, let's do it, let's do something. Okay. And then uh, on our, we went to our first thrift store. Oh, yeah. Right? So so we went to our first thrift store. Um, actually, we didn't find anything. We no, tried to. We That's why we got hooked. <laughs> That's very true. We did find. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, we went to Abbey. Oh, that's true. We went to Abbott's, found our first stuff. We also, at that time, we were also going to um, to containers. So we wanted to bid on containers and see if we got anything. Mm. Everyone was bringing a lot of cash and we didn't have anything. So we wanted to do no, like. But on the first first store, it was like the best store we ever got. What did we do? Video games. Like, oh, and we, we didn't even we, think of. We got oh, it. my goodness. Yeah, because. At that time, at that time, there was still abundance of Nintendo 64, uh, oh. SNES video games, consoles. So we, we got hooked and they were selling it at so cheap. And the thrift stores at that time didn't know they were not price matching eBay. So nice. we were like, sorry, we were like, oh, my God, like we can make some money. We can uh, we we can sell this on eBay. So we got like Zelda games. We got Mario games. We got four full bags. Four fullbacks for Thank really cheap. Oh, yeah, wow. Those really, were the good really old days. Cheap. I remember those days. Yeah. But now uh, the thrift store that should not be named looks <laughs> up everything. They sell on eBay. Uh, they sell probably on Amazon as well. So yeah. it time has changed. Yeah, I kind of want to, before we move on into just the reselling stuff, because I know that's what everybody cares about, but man, I'm, I'm intrigued with the uh, copper pennies because I did that for a little bit. Like I had this, <laughs> like I knew that that copper was worth more than the penny was worth. And so yeah. I would go to the bank and I'd buy like 10 or $15 worth of pennies and I would literally sort them. And you could tell by the year. Yeah, yeah by the year. Yep. And, and yeah. so I, I did that for a little bit. And then I had, I had like a whole bucket full of copper pennies. And eventually <laughs> I just took them back to the bank because it wasn't worth actually doing anything with. Yeah. Did you actually make any money off of that? No, it was too hard. It was it hard. Was ta- ta- it, was yeah. oh, it was too time consuming. Yeah. Hey, but isn't it illegal to like melt uh, currency? Yeah, but there are people no. who will buy them for knowing that, you oh. know, that it's copper value. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you guys can see, I'm not. Uh, I I didn't know anything about copper pennies. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I did, plus, I if, did I. if you can, if you can put them in those machines where you like you you crank the thing and turn oh, them into that's stuff. So true. I mean, why not? You know, you could already yeah. deface the penny. So I figure that yeah. is so true. <laughs> wow. The places interview has already gone in like five <laughs> minutes. All right. So okay. So you guys got scores of video games, and you kept doing eBay. All right, and then you had some major, you had some more major scores. What were some of the other major scores you got while you're still doing eBay? So, um, at one point, we started going to the Goodwill Outlet. Um, obviously, if you're in San Diego, you know where that is. And we 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 went also Orlando. We, we went did. To the it was brutal. Outlet. It was brutal nowadays, but uh, back then um, there was fewer people back there. And actually, my brother. Uh, since he was researching all these items, the good items to sell, the good like pants, clothing, jackets, um, whatever it was, anything. So he went to the Goodwill outlet and actually found a 1992 Ralph Lauren Olympic jacket. 
what? or snowboarding jacket. Oh, and wow. so he, he sent me a text because I didn't go that day. He sent me a text and said, hey, look what I found. And I got really, really jealous. Yeah, you're kind of kind of for a dollar and fifty. Yeah, so they were tr- at that time. Jackets were going for like a dollar, two dollars. Wow. So they were trying to sell it for a dollar fifty. But it was pink. I was like, give it to me. So my brother, my brother hassled them, and uh, so he <laughs> saw that there was a little stain on the neck, a yellow stain, and so he said, give it to me for a dollar. He would have paid the dollar fifty, right? I would have paid hundred. He would have paid hundred bucks <laughs> for that jacket. Who cares? But he. He, t- he said, hey, there's a little stain up here. Can you do a dollar? And they said yes. So he got that jacket for a dollar. Man, hustling's in your blood, man. That's awesome. That's some serious <laughs> negotiating right there. Now, the bins are really different here because everybody throughout the country talks about by the pound, but it's not by the pound. Yeah. It's And, yeah. and even no, then, the prices aren't set. You, you know what? And they actually tried to do that for a while. They, they got, uh, at that time, this was probably like three, four years ago. At that time, they got new scales and they were going all pro on, uh, selling everything by the pound. And eventually they noticed, you know what? The, we were, we're used to selling by the item. So we're going to keep it at that. And that's what they've been doing. Hmm. All right. So we get, we want to know what happened with that jacket. It went out to auction. It went out to auction. And how much and did you sell it for? I got uh, 900. 900 and something bucks. No, but then the rest part, it got returned. Oh, it got returned. Oh, no. <laughs> wait, wait, I don't remember this. Yeah. Now, I told you, I was like, let's not waste the money because usually on big items. Oh, that's true. Rent. That's true. So, but he's saying that on bigger items, um, money wise, there's a risk of return. So at that time, imagine we were brand new and we sold an island for 900 bucks. We're like, oh, let's start wasting money. Let's start yeah. investing, supposedly. So he said to not waste it, and we didn't waste it. But uh, eventually we sold it. You no, know, a week later, they filed a return. Okay. So then we got him back, and then I just put a buy it now. Oh, then he put it by it now. For the same and, price. and for the same price, and, and he sold, sold it. The next time. And sold the next time. Hey, per- hey, that works out. You know, you just waited a little yeah. bit. Some delayed gratification there. But when you're brand delayed new, brand new, nine hundred dollars that hurts. Yeah. yeah. Even you know if you're not we brand new, that hurts. <laughs> we were brand new, so we didn't we didn't know about returns. We didn't know. Oh, eBay! eBay taught us some good lessons. To be honest with you guys, do you remember why they returned it? Did it just not fit, or yeah, it, it didn't fit, but I put the measurement. Oh, uh, even with measurements, they returned it. Yeah, sounds yeah. like buyer's remorse. You know, it, it, it sounds like a normal eBay experience. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 somebody's significant other was like, "You spent how much money on what? You're sending that back." <laughs> this old jacket, send it, return it. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Okay. So you obviously understand out real quick. I want to know how, Adam, how did you learn these? Like you said, Christian said you researched. So how did you do your research? Did you go to stores? Were you at home researching? Like, how did no. you figure out what was good? All you got to do is go to eBay and look up shirt, jacket, game, and just go buy. My my lower uh, price was $25 and up. Mm. I just put a long sleeve shirt. And then on a filter, I put $25 to know. Not just uh, re, uh, learn the brand. That's true. So the, the, basically, um, that's well, that's all he did. He went on eBay, looked up looked up the brands or the shirts, and anything over 25 bucks, he would write it down on I his... I would write it down. He would write it down and remember it. Nice. That's and we actually, research. I, I, yeah, it's research. And but I did it with everything. And he did it with everything. We actually put... Um, we were writing down names of the brands, 
and we would print out the logo so we would remember what logo oh. it was. So, wow. so Patagonia had its own unique logo. Obviously, in the North Face, you could read it on the logo. Uh, Burberry has that little Horus, whatever it was. Um, so we would do that. Um, actually, at one point, we're like, we were the only eBay sellers at the Goodwill outlet. So we printed out a few, uh, like, cards and it had like index cards and it had all the logos of the brands that we were picking up and we would give them to not to the store or the employees but we were giving it to the actual people there that were researching to sell in mexico because most of the people there sell in mexico Mm -hmm. so we were like hey we're looking up we're looking for these brands here you go and we're actually we'll actually buy it from you and give you some extra bucks and we'll pay for the item Wow, so that's genius. That, that that's amazing. I mean, you're you're you kind of had to know there was a little bit of risk there that they could just say like, hey, maybe I can turn this. But like we talk about with reselling all the time, is a lot of times people aren't willing to put in the work and effort that it takes to get top dollar for something. And so yeah, right. they're they're making a little bit. They're already out there going through the bins, and so every time they find something, it's like easy money for them. So that's genius. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, out of that, out of that thing, that index card. I know the biggest score we had was a lady. She sold. Uh, she. I, I'm. I, I'm still guessing that she sells in Mexico. But uh, she had found a green, ugly military Patagonia jacket. Well, she mm. thought it was ugly, so she said, "Hey, Christian, look what I found." And we, you know what? Being nice to people goes a long way. So she actually said, "Hey, Christian, I know this was one of the brands you were looking for. Here you go." And I was about to give her some money, and she said. No, no, no! I don't want anything. Like this is an ugly jacket. You can keep it. And we sold it for around 150. Wow! Wow! Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're brand new, what they just shared, I don't know if anyone. I haven't heard anyone share that. Like that—that is—that is golden right there. Like I—that is a super tip. Yeah. Because it's one thing to tell people, hey, you're a reseller. If you come across anything, let me know. If you have an <laughs> index card with pictures of logos. That's yeah. just that's just next level. Yeah, I mean that's you know, that's good. It's genius. You know, a, a lot of people tend to remember actual pictures than the names because uh, some names are really weird. Um, so if they know, hey, that picture, I think I remember in the, in the index card. And most of the time, they like put it in their wallets or they put it on the purse. They just take it out, look at it, and be like, oh, you know what, Christian and Adam uh, like this brand. I saw in Mexico. I know I'm going to sell it over there for probably a hundred pesos, which is like. Five bucks. I'd rather sell it to them for ten. One time we got a lot of uh, Rain Spooner. They didn't know what it was, wow. so uh, they they gave it to us, and they're like, "Hey, here you go, two dollars a piece." We're glad. Nice. Paid. Wow. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you're doing eBay, you're doing the hustle. It seems like you know your eBay game. And are you guys full time or part time at this time right now doing the eBay stuff? Um, my brother is. Full time, I guess, and I'm part time because I'm at that time still working the security job and the casino job. Okay, and then what got you? Like, what were your first steps into Amazon? Um, our first YouTube. Uh, YouTube. That's honestly YouTube was the thing. He was following some people, and um, and like I told you guys, he said, "Let's get into Amazon," and I said. Oh, uh, these are the mistakes that you don't want to do. And if you're in this point right now where you're too scared of go- jumping into Amazon, um, you should do it. 
because at that time I told my brother, no, we shouldn't do Amazon. It took me like six months. It, honestly, he was every day for around six months. He was like, let's do Amazon. Let's do Amazon. I said, no, no, no. Amazon's too big. What are we going to sell? We're not going to make any money. And it worked good with eBay. And uh, so we jumped and that's where we're here. Nice. And, we're here. and so did you go immediately from, because obviously the way Orlando and I sell is kind of, it sounds like, what you were originally doing, like thrift stores, garage sales, getting little bits of odds and ends, or right? it could be anything. And then now mm -hmm. your method is books, only books. So did you, was that a slow transition or was it almost like an overnight, like books is what we're doing and this is where we're at? So it, it was a slow, but fast transition yeah. because at that time, so he said, let's, let's go into Amazon. It took us around six months to jump into it. And everyone was talking about scanning everything. So I said, well, let's scan everything. And if it seems like we're going to get good profit, let's send it in. So we were saying, we were sending to Amazon knickknacks. We were sending wall ornaments. We were saying, sending everything just, just to see what sold and what not, what didn't sell. And um, every, not everything, but a lot of things were selling. So we're like, oh, Amazon is too easy. Like we don't have to take pictures. We don't have to sit, do anything. We just... Label, condition, and send it off. And uh, so that seemed easy to us. Yeah. Um, we, we, were, we were selling everything. And then we got into books. Um, and books right now are selling between $1 and $2. If you go to a, uh -huh. to a garage, sell so probably $0.50. Cents. And uh, we got hooked because obviously we got probably a $100 book. And we're like, we spent $0.50, 50 cents and turned it into a dollar? Why not? All right, so talk to me. All right, now you shared a little bit about your story. You said you started in the car to hotspots on trucks to... Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I want to hear... I, I do remember because it was fascinating. So share with me how that went. Like, what... Why... From the car to the to the truck to the warehouse. Yeah. Take your time, too. We got some time. We'd love to hear the story. Okay. So it, it's a long story. So um, basically, we were going to thrift stores and finding books, yeah. right? We did that for around three months. Uh, now, were you using a scanner uh, at that time? What happened? Were you using a scanner or just an Amazon seller app? No, just the Amazon seller app. I, I, I At the beginning, I, I couldn't afford a $50 scanner at that time. And I couldn't afford a scouting app and I couldn't afford all these good things. Uh, but we were going to stores and after eBay, we, we said, no, let's focus ourselves on Amazon. So we did that. Um, we were going to stores, we were scanning and we were not finding stuff. We probably went to one store, picked up two bucks and the profit was like $4 and $3. And I'm saying, this is not worth it. Like we're spending gas, we're spending our time. It wasn't, it wasn't good. But it wasn't that we couldn't afford it. It wasn't that we were scared of investing. That's right. We, we were scared of investing in something that we didn't know. Yeah. Right. You were like so, me before I got the scanner and everything because of you guys. That's yeah. right. That, that's right. Why, why would we, why would we do this? Well, so we'll share this at our future podcast, but anyways, keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a future one, but we, one day he said, Hey, you Christian, there's people buying like boxes of boxes of books for really cheap. And I said, Hey, junior, we don't have money first and we don't have a way to like take these huge boxes that weigh a thousand pounds to our house or to anywhere. So, uh, we go to this first thrift so, store. so we go to our first thrift store and they take us to the back yeah, and they take us to the back and we're like, Oh, that's wow, easy. this was easy. Like 
this is you just ask and they like take you to the back and want to sell you the books. So I went, we went down there and they told us, yeah, we can sell them to you. But right now we have a vendor. But we'll sell it for you for a hundred dollars. And I'm like, yes, like we can get a box for a hundred. That's awesome. And my brother looked at me like, my brother looked at me is was like, are you serious? Why'd you make a happy face? They're charging you a hundred bucks. Like this is. Not I love cool. your brother's attitude. Like your brother's all yeah, about like, the deal, like, man. Like that That's point, awesome. We're not going to say anything, but when we left, he said, "Christian, are you crazy? We're not going to pay a hundred bucks for a box of books." She's a manager, and she's kind of she, making money. So she's a manager, and she's trying to make money for her store. Yeah. So we said, you know what? Let's find the source. Let's find the source the of the hub, basically. Nice. So every every Goodwill has it's the store, and every Goodwill has a hub, the outlet. And every little thrift store has a hub in our case. So we went to the hub and we're like, hey, um, we know that you guys have books. And I was wondering if you guys are able to sell some some books. And they said, no, 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 we can't. We actually have a vendor. And I said, how much do you, how much does he pay? $40. And I said, <laughs> what about if you can try us for a little bit? We've done this for a long time. Keep in mind, we just started. We, we were lying. We didn't know anything. So we they we told them, hey, we'll pay $50 of Gaylord. We've done this for a while. And if you like us, we can keep in touch and you can sell us more. So you're so buying, gave you're us buying Gaylords. Wait, let me let me stop you. You're buying Gaylords, yeah. not boxes. We're talking about like yeah. the things behind you, like the massive. Exactly. Well, we, we didn't know what we didn't know what those boxes were called. We were called back then. So now we know that we were buying Gaylords or trifolds of books. All right. So for yeah. our listeners that don't know what a Gaylord is, explain what a Gaylord is like the weight, how many books? So a Gaylord is a heavy, heavy box, probably weighs around 10 pounds, a little bit less than that. Um, and it holds around a thousand to twelve hundred pounds of books. Wow. And that's equivalent to eight hundred to a thousand books, right? Wow. <laughs> so okay. these things weigh a lot, a lot, a lot. And so when we went down there, we were mesmerized. We were like, we were thrilled. Hey, they give us a chance. We lied. We actually had to lie to get ourselves into the thrift, to the outlet, to the hub. But they said, okay. So we I ran with it. With so we started with three. We bought ourselves our, our small trailer that holds three Gaylords. And uh, we were going to a park, a local park down there because we didn't want to waste miles and time. So the hub was right here. The park was over there. And it seemed easy to us to just pick through them right there. Oh, so man. we bought ourselves a canopy a trailer that holds three uh, Gaylord boxes of books. And so we set up there <laughs> and a whole bunch of people in a and they're just a random oh park anywhere. And people were looking at us like, why are these guys throwing books to the ground? Like, yeah. do they know this what is hilarious. Should we should we call the cops? Should, we actually didn't even ask because, you know, most parks have like a like a private, uh, property. Pri private property or they have a manager inside that. Uh, manages everything well we didn't we didn't ask anyone we, we parked and we scanned we, that's what we did obviously they, if they came out we were going to say oh we'll leave i'm so sorry we didn't know but we did that uh for around two months until we actually went into the freeway with those boxes it was a one axle truck these things weighed three thousand pounds oh, and that, that little trailer didn't uh wasn't able to hold, hold that much weight so we were going on the freeway, probably going 65, and suddenly the trailer starts going like this, just waving back and forth. Oh, no. And oh, it was horrible. So 
it was waving and then it, we, it was going like this, like this. So, so I to our listeners friend, on the podcast, it's waving across multiple lanes. Yeah, yeah it's waving across. Mo- we're, we're in one lane. We're in the middle lane. <laughs> and this, tra- this trailer is moving, waving uh, j- throughout the lanes. And we're like, slow down, because we had a business partner at that time. Um, and it was like, slow down, slow down, slow down. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to cause an accident. These books are going to flip. Books are going to fall on the freeway. What are we going to do? Like, this is not, this is not good. Uh, eventually, we slowed down. We took the streets, and we took those uh, Gaylord storehouse. But the next day, the, we changed our strategy. Yeah, the next day, we changed our strategy. We said, we're not going to do this because this is too risky. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rent a U-Haul, a truck, a truck that holds uh, either six or eight Gaylords. And we were doing that three, four times a week. Every day we spent a hundred dollars. So imagine that's four hundred dollars just on the truck. And we were doing, and we did that for one year. Wow! Wow! Now I, I just I'm curious about this process. So I, I I have this mental picture of you out in a park with a scanner, scanning books. So I know what it's like. I've, I've been in. I've scanned books. I've only done it a couple times. I'm no expert, but I know that yeah. you go through like thirty books before you find one that's like decent price and maybe a hundred books before it's like, this one's like a, a money book. So what are you doing with all these other ones? Are they just like going back in the Gaylord and then are you redonating them to, to Goodwill? Like, what do you do with them? <laughs> so, um, like you said, we were scanning everything. And at that time we were not getting everything. That, so a Gaylord probably holds 800 bucks and we were not squeezing every single book. So we were throwing a lot of stuff away. Um, and at that time, the, the recycling market right now, the recycling market sucks. China um, and the U.S. government have a conflict. But at that time, they were paying one hundred and twenty dollars per ton. So that was two Gaylords for one hundred and twenty dollars. And oh, wow. we were doing really good uh, just in the recycling part, because imagine wow. we were paying uh, we were paying fifty dollars a Gaylord and we were getting sixty dollars of recycling per Gaylord. Oh, hey, you can't lose at that point. Now, you I can't will- lose at that point. You can't lose at that point. Uh, the market eventually dropped um, and it went down to 80, 100, uh, 80, 60, eventually dipped to 20 and $0. So at wow. this time, the market, uh, yeah, the recycling market is hard. So then that's one of the tips we give people if they want to start up bulk. If you want to start bulk, you have to find a recycler first mm-hmm. because then you're going to, you imagine you're going to just get Gaylords and not be able to do anything with them. Just you, you, you don't get paid to store them. Right. So you need to find a recycler. Yeah. Now I want to rewind a little bit. You know, you had mentioned that you had to lie to get your way into the, you know, get into the books, but I've been with you. I've actually been part of your company in negotiations (laughs) actually this last time when you negotiated a deal. And I will, I actually do believe that if you were able to go back, you still would have got that deal by just the way that you talk and the way that you're able to maneuver with people. I'm just saying, but like, that, I think that you're... Time, go ahead. That time went, we yeah, you know what? That no. time that we went, this was not too long ago. We lied a little bit. But we don't need... It, we're, I'm not saying we need for confessions. I'm just saying, I think you guys, without that, can definitely wheel and deal because I've seen you in action. Yeah. So this is what we always tell people. You have the skills of... You're nice up front. Like, you are relational you yeah. care about people and I think people are willing to work with you. I'm just, you know, I just want to throw in those two cents that, you know, sometimes we feel like we got to go down this road, but I definitely think you guys know what you're doing and you guys, have, you guys have already shown you're successful and you could, you'll continue being successful. Anyways, just wanted to throw in my two cents there. Thank you. And you know what? It's, it's, it's 
about feeling confident at that point when you are you're talking to either the store manager or the store director and actually putting yourself in their shoes because they can sell books or any items to anyone Mm. but you have to provide that something for them that uh they're they're like you know what? I'd rather pick you instead of the other guys. Because you were friendly. Because you don't. Sometimes people think, "Oh, you have to offer them a gift card, or you have to give them money, or bribe them." It's not really just. It's not about that. It's about just giving them a smile, making them know that you're actually serious, and that you're going to be providing either money to them or some kind of service for them. Um, and by money, I mean you're going to pay for the product that they're giving you. Well, and, that, and that's what I mean. I think like with this, the last time I saw you guys, it it wasn't necessarily, I mean, what you said was important, but what you offered was even more important. So I'm not going to share what you guys offered because obviously <laughs> that's an industry secret, but you offered them something that somebody else couldn't offer them. And you were able right. to start that negotiation with that deal. And that manager was sold on what you guys could provide. And I remember walking right. out of there. I mean, I felt important being with you guys. So you, you know what? You were part of the company for a little yeah. bit. I know that we were when we were talking, he was looking at you and you don't know you don't know that much Spanish, but you were like, Yep, yeah, yep. yep. I smiled and I laughed and you it, smiled and you laughed. And, uh, was, and you know, maybe because of you we got the deal. Maybe we got the deal because of you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. All so right. you'll just send the royalties over this there way. There you go, there you go. Yes, please. <laughs> so <laughs> All right. So tell me a little bit. Um, so, so now, okay. So you got to, you're at your house now. So tell us about what that's like, because inventory overload in a house just seems miserable. And we're not talking about how you're talking about an apartment, correct? An apartment, correct. Okay. We did an overload. We, 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 it was bad. It was yeah. bad. So at, I didn't know how to drive stick shift. My, my friend, uh, was our business partner. He was driving the trailer. We know how to back up because, you know, when you reverse, the trailer goes this way or the trailer goes that way. So mm-hmm. that was the first problem of taking it to our house. Uh, the second problem is that our apartment had a uh, parking lot. We only had two parking spots. Every time we every time, let's say we had three, three Gaylords, one, two, three Gaylords. We did the first one on in the front. The trailer would tip over. <laughs> oh my goodness! And and then and so so we we would go up. So we, we it was a, it was a hassle. So we did the back. The trailer the trailer would tip over this way. So and then uh, we lived upstairs. And then we lived upstairs. So we, we were we were carrying all these books. Oh, it was it, it was a summer actually. So we were doing everything under the sun. We were taking everything upstairs and the, and good, one. the good ones. And then we were taking everything downstairs when we were shipping them out. At that time, uh, our cousin, Ashley, she was on summer vacation and came to help us out. So we were scanning, scanning, scanning. And every time uh, the app would say, booyah, because <laughs> this is the sound that it made. We were like, oh my God, we got a good book. How much are we making? $2. Okay, explain your sounds. I don't think the Ooh, listeners yeah. understand your sound. So you have sounds on your scanning app that tell you something's good, yeah. something's bad. All right, so what, what do those Correct. sounds mean? How do you have them set up? So um, at that point, we had a, a scanning app, which was FBA Scan, now known as uh, Scoutly. Um, and these we, we put triggers. And so we were determining what we thought was good books and what was we thought was bad books. So um, when it, it read the barcode, the, the app would say, booyah, for good books, and make like a <clears throat> sound for bad books. 
<laughs> so major- the majority of the time you would hear just you would just hear <laughs> really bad really really bad noise uh and once in a while you would hear a booyah and we got all excited my cousin would say booyah and we're like how much two bucks okay uh-huh. then but every two bucks counted at that time because we were paying really cheap for a thousand books yeah and uh so we were doing that we would take them upstairs we would process them and at that time we actually didn't have an inventory uh an inventory software, um, like inventory lab, we were using, we were using seller central Mm. and it would take a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time. We were processing books super slow. And, uh, we did that for how long? Two months, two months and three months. Yeah. Two, three months. And we're like, this has, there has to be a quicker way. And, uh, obviously the, uh, school of schools, YouTube, taught us about inventory lab <laughs> the school of schools youtube uh, taught us about inventory lab and so we signed up it was 50 40 at that time for inventory lab and uh it changed the game it everything we was felt, we felt more comfortable that we left our house that's true and we moved to the garage that's right that's right and that we so we took two or three months in the house and we felt really comfortable where we told our grandma hey uh can you lend us the can you lend us the garage that you have? And she said, Yeah, if you pay us two hundred dollars of rent. So I was like, wow. Grandma, we're family. I know. <laughs> it should be zero. Like hey, we're hustling's family. in the family, obviously. I obviously. You couldn't so, negotiate a like, deal with your grandmother? No, we couldn't oh, negotiate. Man. She is the toughest person. So she said, two hundred dollars for the garage. And I said, Sure, grandma, just for you, we'll do anything. So we moved into the garage. Um, and we were making money and we were, we were saving money at that point. And one of the tips that I always give people is don't start paying yourself. Like at that point, we were not paying ourselves. We were just saving, 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 obviously, uh, buying books with the, own, the same money that we were getting from Amazon. And, uh, we were able and blessed to buy ourselves our, we call it our chaton. So we, uh, we were able to buy our box truck a 20 foot box truck. Um, and that, so that eliminated the U-Haul. So we were paying a thousand dollars every month for U-Haul. So that we said, you know what? We could have bought already a truck. Yeah. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. So we spent $8,000 on the truck. Yeah. But with the garage, we, we had an empty house. That's right. So we had an empty house. We got to make more money. That's right. So, so we moved (laughs) everything to the garage. That's right. So we, uh, we moved to the, we moved to the garage. Uh, we bought the truck for a thousand for eight thousand bucks, and that changed the whole the whole specs of the business. Okay, so now you have a truck. So are you doing everything in the truck? Yes. So we moved to the garage. Obviously, the garage was really small. The garage was really small. So we said we'll put some tables. We wanted to create an office, basically, where we felt comfortable, where we felt like we can go there and process books. So we bought ourselves desks. We bought ourselves chairs. Um, and we used the truck as a place where we can scan books. Like a warehouse. Like a warehouse, basically. Nice. So we, we got a, um, what are those called? The internet things, the oh, uh, mobile hotspot. The hotspots. Yeah, because the internet from the from the house wouldn't reach the, the truck. So we got a hotspot. We so were scanning. So during the morning, we were scanning inside the truck, whether it was raining, pouring, whether there was sun out there, whether it was whether it was super hot. We were in the box truck and we were scanning eight gailers at a time. We would sort them out, take them down, 
condition them outside of like in the driveway. And then the condition books, we would take them inside the garage and um, list them on inventory wow. lab. Oh my goodness. I, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. No, no, we even went more farther though with the MF in our house. That's, but that was later on. You went in the garage. Yeah, later on, we said we have an empty house. So let's start saving some books for Merchant Fulfilled. And Merchant Fulfilled, if you guys don't know, it's basically you will fulfill the order to the customer. Instead of sending it to Amazon and Amazon sending it to the customer, you're going to fulfill your the order. You're going to do write the label, you're going to put it in the package and you're going to send it off to the customer. So that's what we did since we had an empty house. Now, what was the benefit of going merchant fulfilled with some books as opposed to just sending everything to Amazon? Were you able to keep a larger cut? Like what, what, what made you yeah. decide to do that? So uh, if you do merchant fulfilled and obviously you have to have your own criteria of why you would choose this book to go MF or merchant fulfilled instead of sending it to FBA for our, for the way that we thought about it was lower rank books. We want them to move quickly. And if we got more profit out of them. So sometimes you get doing merchant fulfilled, you get a bigger cut instead of sending it to MF. And some people might think that it's harder work because you're actually fulfilling the order and you're spending much more time. But if you do this in a, uh, in a bulk way, um, you actually start saving more money. Huh. And eventually, eventually later on, when we moved here, we started doing something called BPM and that's uh, bound printed matter where you send over 300 packages um, to the customers, but, um, uh, but USPS will give you a bigger cut on shipping. Uh, so you, you actually count. Yeah. On bulk. Exactly. So instead of paying 275, which was now for media mail, you were paying a dollar 94. Oh, nice. Or, so you kept basically like a dollar already out of the book. Yeah, that's huge. In fact, I was going to ask you that, and maybe this kind of relates to it, but I've always wondered when I'm on Amazon, I buy so many books used on Amazon, and a lot of times you can get books for like a penny or, you know, something yeah. stupid, 99 cents, right. and the, the shipping's like three ninety nine or whatever. How are those people making money? Like, what what is, like, it seems like there's a lot of work that they're spending doing that, and then it just doesn't seem like there, there's enough profit there. And you know what? This question always comes up because I'm, I'm part of some Facebook groups and that question always com- comes up. They're like, why are they selling this book for so cheap? They're not making any money. Well, the yeah. secret is that they are. Hmm. And that's because they're sending out thousands and thousands and thousands of books. And so USPS is working with them on the shipping. Uh-huh. So you're paying $3.99 on shipping, but they're actually paying only $1.94. Mm. or 207 or 208 on shipping. So that that's already 2 bucks plus the 99 cents that you you spend on that item. Right. So they they definitely keep doing doing uh bulk and sending off. That's the way to go um if you're doing um Gaylords. That's a massive that's operation though. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. massive. Yeah, that's huge. But, you know, honestly, like, I feel like I could sleep better now knowing that because that has bugged me. I, I probably could have Googled it, but that has bugged me for the longest time. Like how I, I'm not I never complain when I'm the one buying the books. But I'm like when I when I was trying the scanning and I'm like, oh, this sells for ninety nine cents or a penny. I'm like, I'm going to pay a dollar for it. How could I sell this for a penny? Like, no. Right? How are they making money? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the secret bulk BPM. That's the way that's how they're making money. We tried it. And for our business model, it didn't work out. So we went back to media mail, but we did it. We did that for probably a month and a half and it didn't, the numbers just didn't add up. 
Yeah, it seems like a lot of work, a lot of a lot of manual labor for exactly, exactly. And uh, and our, at our at our size, basically, we were saving money and uh, getting a bigger cut, but we were spending that money on labor. Right. So it just didn't make sense for us. You see, we we were breaking even or sometimes even losing some money. So we said we made a, a business decision and said we're cutting off BPM on our side. Right. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. And you mentioned spending money on labor, and we've seen a few people walk in the background there. So this has obviously grown now. It's it's no longer just the two of you, right? It's Yeah, it's no longer. So uh, when we started, we had three people. It was my brother, my business partner, which was my best friend, and myself. Um, later on, he said to, that he was going to leave. And this this thing grew. We moved into a warehouse. Now we have uh, one full-time employee and six part-time employees. Wow. But those six part-time employees work 30 hours. So mm-hmm. they're between part-time and full-time. Right. Okay. So yeah. tell us about the step. You, were you just one day you're in the truck and you're like, I want some air conditioning or how, <laughs> how I mean, I don't even, I don't think you guys have AC in there, but how, how, how did that happen? So we, um, you, you know what? My brother believes in the, the rule of attraction. And I was hoping I, I was every day I would tell him, let's move into a, to a warehouse. Like, even if it's really small, like I, I'm looking up on Craigslist, uh, Craigslist, a warehouse, uh, 1200 foot warehouse. We went and moved because we felt sorry for the neighbors. Yeah, we felt really at that point. We felt sorry for the neighbors because mm-hmm. we were working at 12 at 10 at night and <laughs> working at 11 at night and everyone were here. <laughs> Beep, and that's Booyah. a scanner. <laughs> like, <Booyah. laughs> yeah. I, I, at, at one point, uh, they actually called the cops on us, and they're like, the cops were like, "What are you guys doing?" Well, we're we're scanning books, and we gave her some books, and she left happy. But Wait, um, you gave her some books. We, yeah, we we gave him some books, and we're like, she just she just like, you know, someone called us, but you guys are not doing anything bad. No, they're yeah, they're so. they're expecting you know to come out to like you know you guys are throwing like a party or there's some like drug dealing exactly. in this truck, but we're they come out and you're books. scanning children's books, like you know you guys are heroes. <laughs> you guys exactly. So she she didn't she didn't make it a problem. She left, um, but the decision was that we were bothering people. We were making too much noise. A little mess. A little mess because it's books doing books is dirty mm. and the cop. So that, that was the cherry on top. And we said, they started looking for a warehouse. I was looking for a warehouse on Craigslist. And like, again, honestly, just blessings. We found a, uh, a listing for a 2,500 square foot warehouse. And we said, let's jump. It's like five minutes away from and it's, and it's five minutes away from the house, five to seven wow. minutes away from the house. Um, so we met the we met the owner. She didn't seem legit. She I was like, we're gonna give eighteen hundred dollars to this owner. Um, we don't. How do we know that she's the owner? Yeah. So we said, you know, we have to trust people. We gave her eighteen hundred bucks. Two weeks later, we were inside the warehouse. But we moved in without knowing. Yeah, we, we, we yeah it. we we moved in not knowing that we could afford it. A lot of people, even our family, they were like Christian. Why would you move? Why Why are you going to move? Like, you're okay. You're doing okay um, in the garage. Why would you move? Why would you s- spend so much money on rent? And I was like, if we want to get bigger, and you guys, not my, you guys might not see it right now because no one becomes a millionaire. No one becomes an expert at playing basketball overnight. 
Right. Right. So I said, you guys just have to trust. You just trust me. And um, they're like, okay, Christian, we're going to be there for you, but we don't, we don't believe in what your, what your vision. So we said, well, we moved in. Um, we only had probably a pallet jack, a few Gaylords and the truck. And so we started from there. Now we have a forklift. Uh, we have a dumper, which makes everything much easier. Um, we've grown so much from that, from that point. So the dumper is what turns the Gaylord over? Exactly, exactly. So you you put the uh, Gaylord on top of the dumper. The dumper tilts and it throws all the all the books on a uh, on a table, basically. And that makes it a lot faster. That's why you would get a dumper. Oh, oh yeah, good for your back. Yeah, and it's good for your back because <laughs> okay, okay. you imagine going to a Gaylord for a whole year and breaking oh, your back, down, down, down with heavy books. It just doesn't work out. So. We uh we treated our employees with a dumper and they haven't uh they, they've loved it ever since. Okay, so we're at the warehouse finally. <laughs> that was an awesome story though. No, we really I am so fascinated by the story, Mike. I you know, just because we don't hear a lot from booksellers, right? And on YouTube, I mean there are booksellers out there, but you don't hear how you go from garage park <laughs> to house <laughs> to garage. To warehouse, right? So Correct. tell us about your weekly opera. How, how's it work? Like who, you know, who goes out and gets the books? What do your employees do? How many merchant fill do you send out a day? How much do you send for FBA? I mean, share as okay. much as you like to share. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I think I want to start off with uh, the, you know, how you, you have on Facebook, you, you say what you do. My brother, he put on his Facebook that he's a janitor for land pickers. <laughs> Because he cleans the warehouse, okay, and nice. I'm I am the driver for Latin pickers. Nice. So basically, what we do during the the week is every day we start off with calling our sources and saying, "Hey, do you guys have any books for us available?" If they say yes, I start my day waking up, uh, getting into the box truck, and going going to pick them up. I usually pick up eight, and that's because I try to maximize. The uh, how much, how much, how many Gaylord fits in the truck? So in the truck, it fits eight. So I go down there, I buy the books, I pay for them, I bring them to the warehouse, and every time they come into the warehouse, they get labeled. So back there, there's probably around twenty-five now Gaylords. Every Gaylord, there's a label, and that label basically says where we got the the books, what date we got the books and how much we paid for them. And that's just to keep track of whether that source is good or is not good, mm. or if we should pay less. Imagine, so if we, imagine if we're paying $50 a Gaylord and we're not, we're, we're not making the, the workers uh, pay, the Gaylord pay. So we have to say, hey, you know what? We found, this is the data that we got from your Gaylords and it's not looking good. So can you guys do $25? And if they can't, well, we move on. And if they can't, well, we'll reach that agreement. So so everything gets labeled back there. Every employee knows knows that that's a section of new Gaylords and that's the section of being processed. So after that, during the weekend, and that's only during the weekend because during the week we we condition, but during the weekend, uh, books get processed. So what we call it... uh, pre-scanning. So they, they scan and scan and scan books all weekend. On Monday, we find 
green bins or blue bins. And green bins are FBA books. Blue bins are um, merchant fulfilled books. So we know they're sorted out already. We condition them. And after they go through the conditioning process, we list them. And so every week we, uh, we try to build around two or three pallets. If we're lucky, we get around five to six, seven pallets. But usually it's around two to three pallets that we're sending out to Amazon FBA. And the pallets, we, we ship them LTL. So they're around 1,500 pounds, um, and they're all filled with books. And how many books are we talking? I mean, I know it varies because of sizes, yeah. but on average, how many books are you talking about? So we're averaging around 3,000 uh, books every week that we send to Amazon FBA. <laughs> and that's not counting the merchant fulfilled that we do. So we list around 1,000 books every week just on merchant fulfilled side. Wow, that's amazing. So I've, this is like bringing my mind down two different directions. One direction is this is so inspiring and it shows that like people can can turn something that starts really small into a huge operation that's really successful. And I know a lot of our sure. listeners like that, just hearing your story and knowing that they can do that is going to be a huge inspiration. They're going to be trying to, whatever their niche is to do the same thing. The other side of me is like, wow, like you've turned this into a big operation. Like, is that really the only way to be profitable on Amazon with books? Like, is there a way to do it smaller scale, but still to be like, hey, this is worth my time and energy? You know what? Everyone has a different way to look and make money on Amazon. Doing bulk is not the only way. Uh, this is the way that books led us. And this is the way that we found it easier for us to, uh, although it's hard work, we found it easier to uh, to make money on Amazon the bulk way. But people can make money individually, um, selling books, selling clothing, selling food, selling a whole bunch of stuff. And there's categories right now that people are really not looking into it. And there's a whole bunch of profitable items there. So um, bulk was the way that we did it. And bulk is the thing that uh, we suggest to people nice. when, when they want to, you know. All right. So I did, you know, I've gone sourcing with you guys a few times and I kind of, I get the sense that you missed a hunt a little bit. Do you miss the hunt of RA and eBay or are you just like, I'm good? You know what? We have gone, we, we just went this weekend, uh, did some RA, did some thrift stores. I like meeting new people and talking to them. And that's what I miss. So I, I, I don't know if you remember, I was talking to an employee and j just, being friendly and she took out a hundred dollar book because up in LA they scan books. Mm -hmm. So they already knew what was a hundred dollars, what was worth it. And uh, she, if you remember, she yeah. brought it out. Yeah. So and that's what, I, that's what I miss. So we don't make that, huh? but we don't, we really don't miss a hundred. Well, you know what Q4, Q4, we might start doing some RA and finding those hundred dollar bills. Why not? It does yeah. thrill us. Yeah. But uh, being in the warehouse, uh, scanning books, we don't do it anymore. We have our employees do it. But we're just watching uh, what we can find in there because you could obviously you're going to find books. But in these raw gailers, you might find a PSP. You might find a Wii. Uh, wow. You might find a brand new <laughs> seal. Yeah, he found two Wiis. Um, we, fought, we actually found a brand new factory sealed poor dad, rich dad. Uh, game. Yeah. Right? Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, we, we, we find a lot of stuff. We, we found a, a Mac computer. We oh, found iPads. iPads. We found a whole bunch. So, 
that's a that's that's the thrill that we find out. That's the thrill. That's what we do. Uh, it's like a toy in like the cereal box. Like you've got you know, exactly. It's the book. Exactly. You, it's you like, know oh, you're gonna find cereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know you're gonna find cereal, but you're just looking for that toy. Yeah, and awesome. so every time I walk in, I I'm, I'm, I ask the employees. Did you guys find anything? That's Did fine. you guys find anything? We find gold. My grandma loves gold, so she found. We found a ring uh, with little diamonds, and uh, she took it That's awesome. <laughs> at no cost. That's you know, awesome. my grandma's tough. She charges two hundred bucks and then takes our stuff. So, oh man, you should have said, "I'll give you the ring for two hundred bucks." <laughs> That's right. I'll give you the ring. I, I should have said that. But I didn't. No, I love my grandma. That's awesome. uh, she's 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 seventy one years old, and she actually comes and helps us. She also, I've video. seen her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have a YouTube video. Yeah, so she comes in. Uh, um, when we ship out MF, she comes and backs the books, and that's the way for her to d- get distracted. And uh, we love having her here. She's she's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm a lover of books, so like, I I I just want to be able to come in and like find the stuff that you guys are recycling. And just say like, "Ooh, I want this. Ooh, I want this." Like, you will, he will cry. Yeah, you, I, I think if you're a book lover, like my brother said, you're gonna cry. Oh no, because we recycle probably forty Gaylords every week of books. Oh, wow! Just let me pick out the stuff I want out of it. <laughs> yeah, come over, come over. We're we're in the same city. Come over, take all the books that you want. It's honestly, we we hired a book lover as well. She came with us one day and left because she couldn't see. (laughs) She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. And uh, (laughs) we're like, you know what? It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. She she couldn't see all these books being recycled Mm. or thrown away. All right. I want to switch gears a little bit just because I've gotten to know you guys over the last, I don't know, since the meetup. You guys were at the meetup and that's how kind of. And I wanted to just, you know, we had talked with the college picker about his travels to Europe and and everything. And you guys had a you you didn't go, you know, cycling through El Salvador, but you you, you, you good job, buddy. Yeah, but I wanted you guys to share a little bit about your experience because we kind of talked this in the last podcast. We've been talking about the 10x leveling up with Grant Cardone or rich, uh, the richest man in Babylon and. And we always talk about the differences like in income and how things are. So tell us a little bit about your experience in El Salvador, because I was really intrigued by it because it really gave me perspective. So share a little bit about why you went and what you experienced. So it was a blessing. Also, Um, I got the chance to take my grandma, my brother, my sister and myself down to El Salvador for a whole week. And um, I'm half Mexican, half Salvadorian. I was born here in the United States. And I didn't know my Salvadorian side. So my the last person says, I, I don't know if you guys know, but my mother passed away uh, nine years ago. And so the only person that we have here with us is our grandma. So she said, how about we take a trip down to El Salvador and actually meet your family? Yeah. And um, we didn't know our family. We've never talked to our family back there. Um, so we went for a whole week. We met our our uncle, we met our aunt, our two cousins, our three cousins, actually. We met uh, some long, long um, cousins. And you know what? It was a, uh, I get emotional because um, these people are probably in the extreme side of poor, in the extreme side of poor. So um, I've met, when when I went down to my family, they are actually, they wash uh, windshields out of cars in an intersection. Mm. And they, they get $6 every day. 
And you know how we're in the United States and we spend money like crazy. We we don't we we don't think about it sometimes. And over there, yeah, as a family, they get six dollars wow. every day. Wow. And the things over there are, are as expensive as in the United States. So wow. a gallon of milk costs four dollars here. A gallon of milk costs four dollars over there. Wow. Everything's the same. If you go to a McDonald's here, you're you're probably spending fifteen dollars per person. Imagine if you're getting six dollars a day for the whole family in the in the hamburger cost fifteen dollars over there. So it was crazy. It was an experience that I've never felt before. And so that day I was talking to them and and all of a sudden I told them, hey, you know what guys, um how about we go to how about we go to a supermarket? So we went to a supermarket with them, the the lady, which is our you could call her our aunt, uh, she's blind. She has uh, diabetes. So we took her and her 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 daughters, we took her to the supermarket and they walked into the supermarket. They just walked in and I said, are you guys not going to grab a cart? They're not used to going to the supermarket mm. first and they're not used to going into a supermarket um, with a cart. So I said, no, go grab a cart. You need it. You're going to we're going to buy stuff. So they, they were all shy. They don't know me. I don't know them, but I know I felt something of, because of their experience, mm. because it. No, They're hustling. Before my our mom passed away. Yeah. When did she tell you? Before our mom passed away, she said, "Take care of this person that's blind now, our aunt." Mm. She said, "Take care of her." I've never so today this time when I went to El Salvador, I said, "Well, my mom said that I should take care of you, and at least take care of you as in good, do good, do do a good deed." So I so I took her to the supermarket. We bought four hundred dollars worth of uh of food for them, mm. and oh. they were super. Super, super happy. I told them, you know what? The $30 that you guys get a month, hopefully you guys can save it this month. And hopefully it you guys can do something with it the next month and the next after that. And you guys don't have to worry about food. Because honestly, we spend we spend money like crazy here. And uh giving them a full month of worth of food and tell them how they live too. They oh well, they live, they live, they live in a shed. They live in a shed on top of a dump. Mm. It's not a dump anymore, but they live on a shed on top of the dump. So it, this conversation turned really sad, but it is true. Um, it changed our perspective. Um, we value things more now because of that experience going to El Salvador and experience what they experienced. A lot of people say that that place is bad, that it's filled with gangsters. I I went to the streets. We went to the streets. We were up and down. We were up and down all of Salvador. And actually, El Salvador is the prettiest place I've ever visited mm. in my whole life. Now you it is perfect. <laughs> uh so you did take them to the movies though. I mean, let let's end on the, I mean, and that was the first time they ever went to the movies, right? That's right. My cousins have never been to the movies. Uh so we took him to the movie theater and I, we went to see The Lion King. In Spanish, it is very funny in Spanish because we're used to seeing movies in English. <laughs> but we took him to uh, see The Lion King in Spanish, and it was their first time. I told them to grab anything they wanted from the food, uh, from the food where they were selling food, snack the snack area. Um, just watching their face, them smiling. It just. I didn't go. I didn't go to visit the family. I went to actually vacation, but visiting the family was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, and to kind of bring it full circle, just the idea that 
you started, I mean, you were, you're a security guard, probably making okay, you know, like, you know, a little bit more than minimum wage, but not like, you know, great. And then as a team, you guys end up building this, this, this business. that's like really flourishing. You've got six, would you say six employees? So now you've, you've hired other people and you've been able to go travel and help out family and, and all of that with, you know, Adam saying, Hey, I think we could sell some stuff online. Right. And it just turned into something big. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about reselling is it really can turn into something huge where not only does it help you, but it helps a lot of people around you. It helps a whole bunch of people. I know, I know my employees and I, I, I don't, I don't like to use employees, uh, but they are really, really, really happy up down here. Um, they love it. And so I know that I'm helping them and their families and the way that they live. And I know that I'm helping also my family because every time I, I, I get paid, uh, I always give some to my grandma. I always, sometimes I send down to El Salvador now. Um, so just helping people. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's bad, but just hearing that. Thank you. Mm. It pays, it pays off. It, it, it makes me, it makes me happy. So that, that, just, that thank you every time my employees just say, Hey, Christian, thanks for, for giving me work this week. It, it's gratifying. Yeah. It's gratifying. Now, one thing I noticed with you guys. So the first time we hung out, I'm like, Hey, let's go eat somewhere. Let's go. And we ended up at Costco. We got, we got like Costco hot dogs and sandwiches. And I'm like, all right, I kind of get these guys. They're a little, you know, they're frugal. They're not flaunting anything. And then we did go eventually though. We did go to a pupusa place and got some Salvadorian food and you took care of the bill. But so I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you still. But what I did notice, so we went to Porto's in LA, who has some amazing Cuban sandwiches. And even still, you guys didn't go all out. Like, I think you guys split a sandwich or something. Like we did split a sandwich. But the what I, the reason I'm sharing all this is that you guys, you know, I'm not saying that you know you're you're <laughs> you live the life of ballers, but you could choose to spend a little bit more if you wanted to, but you don't. Now we don't. The other thing, and so I'm I'm building this because it's interesting because at one point I had, you know, we had talked, and you know, I use credit cards when I do retail arbitrage because I like the points, and you had asked me and said. Are they okay? Is this place okay? Because, oh, that's what it was. I couldn't, you know, go to this place because they didn't accept my debit cards because I don't use credit cards. Mm. And we've been talking Correct. a lot about finance. Tell me about why you don't use credit cards. So I, a lot of people give me slack about this and I do not use credit cards. And there's a good reason because of this. So when I started working at Barona, um, I was basically working at the wolf's mouth. So I started liking gambling. I really started liking gambling. And I was, I think I could call myself an addict. I could have called myself an addict at that point. Um, so I was getting a check every Friday. And by that afternoon, I would have zero dollars. Mm. And this was the time that my mom had a terminal cancer. So I was spending all my money. I was the one basically paying all the bills. But how was I paying all these bills if I was gambling everything? Well, I found an easy way. I said, well, let me go to this paycheck thing um, that lends you $300 because at the time, that's the most that they can lend you. And I was so I was doing that, spending my money at the casino, getting those $300, spending my money again, paying that off, getting the loan again, 
and doing that in a cycle and a cycle and a cycle. And at one point, my mom was sick. We couldn't pay the bills. I couldn't pay the rent. So a sheriff came to my house. This was this was 10 years ago. A sheriff came into my house and they knocked and I saw the uniform and I said, I know what this is. This is. We're going to get kicked out of our apartment. And that's when I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, there's a problem. Like there's really a problem here. You're you're doing something that is one, not helping you, not helping the family. And you've let this to happen. You've let this situation happen. So that's why I don't like using credit cards because I don't like to play around with other people's money. Um, at one point, I, I always ask people like, why, how much debt is okay debt? And everyone gives me a different answer. Um, I heard the biggest answer I heard was $300,000 worth in debt. <laughs> and my eyes just opened up like, if I had $300,000 worth of debt, I wouldn't have a business. We wouldn't have a business. Yeah. So I learned to play with my own money and just saving up, being, being in Spanish, we say codo, right? We, 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 Explain that's that. why we share. Yeah. Like that's why we share things. Like that's why we go out. We don't, we buy everything secondhand, like all of our equipment, everything. most of our clothes, most of it, is secondhand because we we're not going to pay top dollar for something that we can get the forklift we could have bought it for thirty thousand we bought it for twelve hundred the wow. dumper we bought it for twelve hundred wow. everything that you see in this warehouse even the computers that we're on right now we bought it secondhand nice. everything and that's a tip for everyone like everyone out there like says, you don't need the most yeah you don't need the most expensive things you can you can go on you can go on offer up. You can go on Craigslist, buy yourself a computer, buy yourself a used scanner. Obviously, you can't buy the scouting app, but <laughs> everything else can be secondhand. And you could you could go from like a, the park to a warehouse. Wow. Wow. That's huge. That's profound. I mean, I normally ask, and maybe you can uh you can change and add something to it, but I, I normally ask when we do interviews, like if you had one piece of advice that you could give to whether it's new resellers, whether it's teenagers about ready to enter adulthood, whether it's adults that are at that rock bottom stage and they're trying to like change their life. Like what's one thing you would say, like a piece of advice that would be life changing? You know what? Um, I would say, I would say sometimes your brain plays with you and it, it, it tells you no, most of the time you have to jump that and say, you know what? I can do it. And if I fail, at least I tried. At least and I tried. Happen. And you, you, just, you just get out every time you fall, you just get up again. Because God knows that we failed many times. And many times people have said no to us. So just jump, keep jumping. And I am lucky, lucky, lucky to have someone next to me, which is my brother, that I can hold, not hold literally hands. But if I say jump, he will jump with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So like that's that's like two incredible pieces of advice that our listeners, if they take those two things, right? One is buy everything secondhand. And two, don't be willing, don't be, don't be afraid to go to to take the leap of faith and to to keep going. Even if you fail, you gotta keep going. I, I think if, if our listeners just add those two things to their life, they're gonna save money and they're gonna find more success. So that's huge. Yeah. And the one one third thing, 
have a partner. Mm. Everything that if if like you two, you yeah. see, you guys, it couldn't be a podcast with just Orlando, right? There <laughs> no, has to be a mix of mic. Yeah. And there has to be mics of Orlando the other way around. Yeah. If you find someone that is with you 100 uh, percent, um, the your operation would just will just grow. Mm. It, and that's honestly, honestly, a good advice. All right. So got just a few more questions before we wrap things up. I'm just super interested. So you said, you know, we've talked about this and you said you failed many times, but I don't hear a lot of failure, like, you know, <laughs> but I'm sure there was. And I, yeah, you know, no one shows their failure. I, I know. So we want to talk about it because I want people to know like failure happened. So give us, if you want to share, what was one of your biggest failures as you're growing your business? What's, um, oh, one. One one big one, and my brother doesn't like me for it. Um, I always try to be secretive, right? I always try to avoid conversation. I always try to um, if, if they say, "Hey, can you give me a tip?" Um, I always say, "Oh, I used to say no, I can't," or "That's sec- that's a secret." Mm. The more you talk to people the better you both are because there's something that someone knows that I don't know. And so we can help both of us out. So uh, Orlando, like we've met, we've, we've met uh, each other. There's some stuff that he knows that I don't know. And there's some stuff that I know that he doesn't know. And if I, even if we wouldn't be, if we didn't meet, we would have never known mm-hmm. what, what we've grown. We've grown together. I'll be op- so be open, basically be open. Um, uh, don't don't try to hide stuff. Meet people, talk to people. Um, one of the best things that ever happened to us in our business was to go to a conference. Well, we went to a, uh, a conference in Ohio, and um, we met one person. You just have to meet one person in that conference. Um, and yeah, we we paid we paid a ticket. We paid um, one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket to go to this conference. We paid the flight. We paid the hotel room. But you just need one person to change your perspective, to change your perspective, to change your business. And this person, I can't disclose this. This is top secret. It's uh, all good. But, but this person has 10x our business, and not to use Grant Cardone's, <laughs> but he literally has 10x our business, and we are very grateful. And I know he's going to be watching this. So to you, thank you. Yeah, but one another failure that we used to get top. Like the profit, a profit was minimal, like five dollars. When we're doing that's both. true. That's true. You know what? Yeah. So it, it, by these mistakes, you learn. So before we used to basically cherry pick our gaylords, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that a good term? Yeah. yeah. So we used to cherry pick our gaylords. So we were only getting five dollars and up. We were only getting when we already good had. good books. When we already had the books, these books were ours already. So we were basically throwing away profit. So this is a huge tip that I'm going to give out to those booksellers. Um, so if the lower the rank, the lower the profit you should be accepting. Because yeah. a lot of people, and, and if you hear YouTube, because um, a lot of people go on YouTube, and that's how we started to learn stuff. A lot of those uh, teachers out there in the YouTube world, they're like, You're, you can only get $2 profit, and that's it. $2, no more, no less, no more. Or, or, or more, no, no, no less. Well, if it's a 10,000 rank book, which is really, which is really low and it's a dollar profit, are you just going to leave it if you buy a book? 
Are you just going to leave all these dollar bills out there if they're going to sell this quick as soon as they hit the Amazon warehouse? So the lower the profit, the lower the profit, the lower the rank, the lower the profit. And scan every book. Scan every book. That's we right. We, That's right. We used to not scan kids' books back then. Mm. None of them. Like we said, all kid, kids' books are not profitable. <laughs> well, we were wrong. We scan every single book now. Yeah. Can Everything. You, yeah. Can you imagine how many thousands of dollars you just... uh recycled oh, we yeah <laughs> how much money we've thrown away honestly we, we were every, every day you learn in this business and you just don't stop learning mm. so uh when we got when we were in this warehouse we were still throwing away kids books wow wow okay yeah. so do you have yeah. a question i got one more go for it okay so man i gotta tell you i could talk to you guys forever and by the way i've learned a lot from them so if you're not following them on instagram latin pickers uh, you know, follow them. They got a lot of great knowledge and you guys are working too. So you're not always posting. So I know, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not trying to be influencers. You're just hustling, no. but Hey, you drop a lot of knowledge and, and again, they're willing to help. And again, like anything else, there's only so much re- you can help, right? You got to be out there doing it yourself. Right. Yeah. So right. my question to it to you is, so, you know, I've been doing Amazon for about uh, seven years and I, I did start with books and then I got away from books. And now I'm like, maybe I should have stayed with books. But, but my question is, you every year, there's always this talk about reselling's dead or eBay's dead or Amazon's dead or it's too saturated or it's too competitive. What are your thoughts on the current state of reselling? So the thoughts on c- current state of reselling, obviously, 10 years ago, you would have made a killing in doing books. There's always going to be competition. There's always going to be people out there changing. Uh, yeah, there's going to be changes, but you have to outwork someone. And if you outwork and hustle, I, I hate using the word hustle because. Hey, just, hey now, pure hustle now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's okay. <laughs> but uh, you know what? If you do the work, it will pay off. It will pay off. There's, there's a lot of money in reselling. Yeah, there is a lot, a lot of money in reselling. So it's doing the work. Put into it. That's right. Just, just how much work you put into it. Mm. If you, if you're doing minimal work, expect minimal results. Okay. That's that's the key. That's the key. So you, the current state of reselling, there's alive. No, it's alive, and this alive is the time alive. to get into it. Nice. For sure. Nice. That's always encouraging to hear, especially from people who, I mean, you talk to, you see a lot of resellers on Instagram, and and you never know who's the real deal and who's. Yeah. I mean, you guys are the real deal. So you know, coming from you guys. Um, and, and I know that, like I said, that we're going to have listeners who are like, I'm doing it. I'm opening up. I'm starting my own warehouse, selling whatever it is I'm selling. And then we're also going to have some listeners who are like, oh, that's too much for me. But like everything you said still applies, right? The amount of work you put into it, you, you know, there's still money to be made. You just got to find what works for you. And and I think, you know, your success um, has been huge, but that's an inspiration to people who might just be looking for like, you know what? I just want to make that little bit of extra money or I want to do whatever it is. And, and to see that it's possible that, that, you know, a couple of people it's can definitely. work really hard and make something of themselves. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. You know what? If you hit thrift stores, if you hit, um, if you hit library sales, if you go to, if you talk to people, you are bound to make results and just don't limit yourself. Make go, connections. Yeah, make connections as, as many as possible and you will find results. It's don't, don't, don't do it by yourself. Like I told you, have a group of people. Mm. And I uh, honestly, Mike and Orlando, I thank you guys honestly for being part of this, uh, 
this is what we're doing. And uh, for being open. Yeah, for being open, for being helping. Yeah, for helping us out also, because I know we've learned a lot from you guys and from your guests. And um, I really hope I know we haven't met Mike in person. Um, besides that. Uh, yeah, the, the meetup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. But we that was really a very short amount out. of time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, we really want to hang out. I always ask for you. So let's go do, <laughs> let's do some RA. Let's go yes. through this thing. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Count me in. <laughs> okay. Okay. So again, Hey, if you're not following them, they're also Latin pickers. They have some YouTube videos uh, and the RA and they're still working on some and they're, they're wanting to share the knowledge. So make sure to follow Adam pickers, Christian and Adam. Thanks so much for being yes. on the podcast. Please know we really appreciate you. We've learned so much. I think there's an uneven uh, distribution of sharing here. Cause I have learned way <laughs> more from you guys than you've ever learned from me, but Hey, <laughs> it's all good. Hopefully sometime I'll be able to share more with you yeah, guys. Pay, so, it, pay it back, pay it back. Thank so. you. Thank you. And I can't wait to hang out. Let's go get some food as well. Cause yes. you, you guys know that I'm, I love food and let's do it. Let's no, do we're it. down. So, Hey, with that being said, Hey, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling late. Peace. See you guys. Take care.